You know that TV show Hoarders? Imagine the episode about Runner 5. Sports bras and USB keys everywhere. You are listening to Podcast Detected. Now, run. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Podcast Detected. My name is Spillette. You listened to me on our last episode, and I'm here with Tamara and Danielle. Say hi, girls. Hello. Hi. And Danielle, have you been in one of our episodes before? Uh, yeah, a couple of episodes ago. Danielle was here a couple of episodes ago, but Tamara is new. So mm-hmm. Tamara, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, sure. Um, hi, uh, I'm Tamara. I'm uh, from Belgium. Runner 5 from Belgium, Antwerp. Um, I started about nine months ago. And mm-hmm. I've been flying through the game. I'm... Almost done with season five, getting ready to start season six now. So that is, that is super fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm really going. It's so addictive. So it's it just... has taken me years to get like to cut up, like literal years. Yeah, but I'm. Um, I went from uh, couch potato literally and no exercise, whatever, to completely exercise nuts. Uh, I go running at least four times a week, so... <laughs> that is so great. I, I'm sure yeah. um, the six to start people and the zombies run people like, will be really happy to listen that they convert yeah. another couch potato to the exercise life. Oh, yeah. I even got my sister. She started <laughs> a couple of months ago, so... It's spreading like a yeah. virus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like the zombie virus. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So now that we have said hi, uh, let's start with uh, fandom news. Danielle, do you want to tell us uh, some fandom news? Okay, uh, fandom news. The uh, six to start of crowdfunding at crowdcube.com is uh, currently running. It's about a week and a half left uh, and it's open to everybody who is not in, I think, the US or Japan because of like laws in those countries. But anybody else can uh, go and donate to Six to Start and uh, get shares in the company. And Tamara, you had other piece of sound news, right? Um, yeah, um, the Six to Start Race Link is uh, organizing a new race called Celeb, Celeb Chase Virtual Race uh, for um, Beat the Celebs Beat Cancer. So you, uh, the, the virtual race is much like the Zombies Run Virtual Race, but you'll be racing against certain um, English celebrities. Uh, Melanie C., Edith Bowman, or a... Oduba, I hope I'm saying that name right, <laughs> and uh, Bill Bailey. I know only, uh, the only ones I know are Melanie C. and Bill Bailey, but it seems like fun, and it's international, so everyone can uh, take part, and it's about 30 pounds, I think, to subscribe. Mm-hmm. And then you get a medal and a t-shirt, just like the virtual race for Zombies Run. And does the money go for something? Uh, it's for uh, a cancer, uh, bits, uh, just a uh, just looking it up. Uh, stand up to cancer. Okay. Uh, so it's for uh, a good cause, which most of uh, I think that's the idea of Facelink. Uh, mm-hmm. So it seems like a fun race. I haven't joined yet, but I'm really thinking about it. Cool. And 
And the last piece of news that we have is that since our last episode, the new season of Zombies Round uh, Run is finally out. So for everybody that is caught up and has been waiting for months to know what has happening with our dear characters, uh, we, you can now download the first, I think, four or five episodes are out. And there are uh, six episodes, six. Uh, and that'll be seven and eight uh, this coming Wednesday. She's more caught up than I, than I am, you can tell. And <laughs> uh, my last episode was, I think, the third one. So, yes. Okay, so two more coming out next week, you say? Mm-hmm. So, for everybody that is, like, super, super excited, uh, this is out. I know some people uh, are going to wait until the whole season is out because they don't like to have to wait each week. Um this is the first time that I'm caught up with the story. So I've been trying to listen to the episodes as they have been going out. Just last week was weird exercise-wise. Uh, but I know about you, Daniel. That, is this the first time you're caught up with the story? No, I've been uh, listening in real time ever since uh, season one first came out. Oh my God. How do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't always run them. Okay. I am not much of a runner. I tend to walk. So I don't run out of energy as fast as like actual runners do. Okay. Uh, and Tamara, are you going to uh, start listening as soon as you catch up? Um, the way I'm going, I'm going to be caught up somewhere by the time the, the second part of se- uh, season six is going to come out. So I just might uh, follow live on then. Cool. Okay, so that's all for season news. Uh, for fandom news, sorry. Um, English. <laughs> um, and now we're going to go into our topic. So we chose a really special topic for today's episode. Um As you know already, uh, Danielle, Tamara, and I are not uh, British, uh, so we don't live in England. Uh, We listen to Zombies Run, and we love it. Uh, But there are certain things that uh, don't make sense to us. There are like certain things that don't translate as well or that are surprising for us. So we thought it would be fun to talk about how uh, certain things would work in our respective countries. Uh, so how would the cameras thing work and like how certain things don't translate really well and what have we learned about England thanks to Zombies Run so that is our topic today and we hope you like it a lot Uh, should we start with the cameras thing okay so let's start with the CC that's how it's called CCTV thing so yeah closed circuit television Right. So when I started listening to Zombies Run, I didn't know this thing actually exists in real life. <laughs> so it was re- like, this was for like four seasons. Uh, I was just like, dudes, like, okay. It was like one of those things that happened in like in, fam- in fiction that you like just let go. Right. Like, like uh, of course they have all yeah, these yeah, cameras is, just everywhere. Of course why they have all they? these cameras because why wouldn't they? Because if not, the story would not work. And I made this comment once in the, in our, um, in our group chat and like people were like no this is actually real britain is covered in cameras and i was like wait what (laughs) it was like one of the most shocking revelations i ever had in my life like i was like you're telling me britain like is actually whole big brother up on their country Mm -hmm. and apparently it is true uh but i'm not european so i don't know if this is like more common knowledge in europe um I'm not sure about for Dan- uh, Danielle, but 
I kind of knew about it from uh, English TV shows. They already, and okay. I, I remember Torchwood mentioning some uh, the CCTV uh, circuits uh, and such. But I've never actually seen it uh, or heard about it outside of fiction, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, like, maybe in Britain it's, like, the entire country is all on the same network and it's all run by, like, the government or something like that. I don't really know. And that's why it's able to just, like, yeah, once we're hooked in, we can just see across the entire country because it's all the same network and it's all fine. Um, in Australia you have like maybe the local city or the local like town council or whatever will put up some security cameras in you know the center of town or they'll you know be recording things that um you know they'll have uh highway cameras to you know catch people who are speeding and that kind of thing but uh if you sort of went outside the center of the city then there wouldn't be this massive network of cameras sort of showing you every angle of every street. It'd be just the center of the city and maybe businesses who want to have their own sort of system. Okay. So according to like a 2013 article, uh, Britain has one camera for every 11 people <laughs> in Britain. Like, which I find like it is, this is mind boggling to me. Like, it is, uh, it's just really mind-boggling to me. Uh, so let's talk about how would this... So you talked a little bit about Australia, Daniel. Is this something that could, like, you think could be, like, done in your countries, like, really easily? You think, like, people will be, like, super freaked out? Um, probably not. Like, maybe because Zombies Run is kind of set 20 minutes into the future. So everything's mm -hmm. a little, just a tiny bit more high-tech than what we have now. So, like, maybe in the future there's this sort of massive boom in sales of maybe one particular security camera. And so mm -hmm. there's this one particular company that has security cameras hooked up all over the place, like in people's homes and in people's businesses and stuff. And it's like, okay, if we get connected to this person's network, then we're in, like, all of these cameras. But that would still be, like, a sci-fi scenario as far as Australia is concerned. Like, if you got into the Melbourne network of cameras, then that's all you would have access to. You wouldn't be able to access people's home security cameras. You wouldn't be able to access the next town over because they would have a completely different system. Maybe they don't even right. have like a system of cameras that has like a live feed. They just have cameras that record locally and you have to like go and get that day's tapes every day. Okay. So um, the, also yeah. I think would it, this might be a bad, like, well, not a bad perception, like, a, a misperception I have about Australia. Is it true, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, unhabitated land? Oh, yeah. There's, okay. like, the middle of Australia is basically a giant desert. <laughs> like, it'd be okay. perfect for spaceships to land. And okay. then they would immediately be killed by the local Australian animals. Of course. <laughs> but, of yeah, course. It's, it's mostly the kind of coastline of Australia that is inhabited and then as you get sort of further south and further east more of the inland is kind of forest and you know not scorching desert so so probably you like you would have also besides like what you're talking about like that there's different types of cameras and blah 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 it's also like the fact that there's like a bunch of places that has like no technology and like it's 
Yeah, a desert. Oh, God. There's a place called Kubapedi, which is in South Australia that's an opal mining town, mm-hmm. and they have houses that are just carved out of the ground because it's so hot on top, so everybody's home is just underground. And so that would be an extremely difficult area to monitor, I think, because any sort of cameras are going to be either on big buildings or on mm. the roads. There's not going to be any kind of in the local streets or anything like that. Okay. Uh, what about you, Tamara? Um, I think Belgium is kind of a mix between uh, Australia and England. Uh, geographically, it's more uh, like England. But uh, the camera networks uh, are more like uh, Danielle explained. So uh, I actually had to uh, look it up. Um, most of our uh, networks are uh, province-bound. We have, I think, nine provinces. <laughs> I'm having a brain fart right now because, you know, I live in Belgium and I don't even know how many provinces at the moment. <laughs> um, but um, I know the province I live in, I live in a suburb of a, a rather major city. And at the current moment, there are, I think, a little over 100 uh, cameras in the entire city, not counting my suburb. As far as I know, there aren't any in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still fairly new because we have a very strict privacy law in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Because actually anyone who records outside in public uh, domain actually have to get um, permission. So even uh, a camera uh, phone uh, recording is illegal. Not that mm-hmm. many people actually care about that. Um so, right now, it's a bit of a what's allowed, what's not allowed. We do have uh, a lot of cameras um, in Antwerp, the city uh, I live in, uh, in popular uh, you know, uh, large places where a lot of people converge, like uh, restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like Danielle said, it's mostly... Uh, just the cities or the provinces that control those, and it's very limited. I currently live in uh, the province of Utrecht in the Netherlands, and I found out a cute little story about the CCTV cameras. One year, some uh, public artists went around on George Orwell's birthday, who wrote 1984, Mm -hmm. and put little party hats on all of the CCTV cameras that were monitoring that in the centre of the <laughs> Yeah. So here in the Netherlands, there are, uh, again, in the centre of the cities, you know, highly populated areas. But I, my house is like on the main street in the town that I'm in. Mm-hmm. If you got on your bike and cycled for 15 minutes, then you would be in farmland. Okay. And you would not have a camera for you know, miles once you're in the farmland. Yeah, I hear it. Well, I have I have two perspectives, right? I live, I, I live in the U.S. Uh, I was looking for some figures, and it looks like Chicago might be the city with most C- CCTV cameras. But they only have about 18,000, maybe 20,000, while London has mm. 420,000. So even though Chicago <laughs> yeah. is the one that has the most cameras, right? Like, it has, like, no way it's it's similar uh and if it were it would be exactly the same thing that different companies will own the camera so it would not be like the same circuit or network but i also think here in the u.s like some people will go like 
uh, wild about it, right? Like, like uh, freedom advocates, like I, I could see people like they're like messing with our freedom and they're like looking at us and like, I feel like here, like even changing like the color of the fences like makes people sometimes go really angry <laughs> and passionately about stuff. So I cannot imagine like the government trying to create like a massive network in order to look for stuff. Um, and then I'm also from Mexico, um, which uh, it would be a disaster. Like I would, I, <laughs> our government is so corrupt that I will feel like they will say they put the cameras on and they will all be fake cameras or something like that. Like, <laughs> like it would be, I could, like, I, I, it would be a disaster. Like, I, so, so I, <laughs> so I don't know how zombies drone would work. I think it would need to, like, it would need, like, walkie-talkies or something. But, like, there is, mm. no, like, I don't know, there will be no cameras, right? Like, maybe, like, GoPro cameras, that you, like, the ones they use yeah. and transmit. But, like, aside from the that, yes, cast. there would be no way here in the U.S. or in Mexico that I could think of, uh... That that could happen unless like something like Danielle says that is like fiction that like oh something terribly happened and then like a company magically selling like all the cameras and everybody in like a panic is buying them, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know how that would work. And I every time I I listen Sam talking about the cameras, I'm like, damn it! Like this is so creepy but so convenient, and I'm so glad we have them because I'm not gonna <laughs> die. Um, so yeah. Uh, Thank you, Big Brother, for making sure we don't all get eaten by zombies. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so as for the cameras, uh, what other things uh, you guys think wouldn't translate as well or don't translate as well? Like when you're listening, you're like, what are they talking about? There was uh, a mission where Sam was talking about an old TV show that he used to watch called Ulysses 31. And... I didn't think that was a real thing. I thought it was like, you know, the, um, uh, I have forgotten the phrase that I was thinking of doing. Uh, I thought it was a uh, sort of lawyer-friendly cameo. Like, we're not going to talk about an actual show. We're just going to make up this kind of, you know, whimsical made-up show that kind of sounds like a plausible name for a kid's show. No, 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 no. This was actually a TV show back in the day where it was like the Odyssey of Odysseus in space. And that was, you know, an actual thing that actually aired on TV oh in Britain. Well, I'm not surprised <laughs> that it's not fake because, like, everything, like, their their pop culture references are pretty spot on, right? Like, they talk about Doctor mm. Who, like, Sam, like, it's, like, a super nerd. Like, I think the only thing they change yeah. their names is to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, that is the only thing that I, like, they have certainly, for probably legal purposes of, of how much yeah. they mention them uh change the name but like still you can tell what they're talking about just a small disclaimer before we continue with our podcast our intention was to talk about uh technology and things that don't translate really well outside of british culture and now we're going to talk about british accents and it may be weird to put british accents on the same category as British people are just speaking in English, right? But uh, you would see through our conversation that people that are not native English speakers, for example, me, get a really different experience in the app compared to people that actually do speak English and are familiar with this different uh, British accent. So enjoy. I have heard people like not from Britain or not really familiar with 
British uh, speech get kind of confused about the accent. And it's like they find it quite difficult to identify who's speaking with what accent. Or it's just like, uh, everybody's just kind of talking weird and I don't know like what it is that they're actually saying and like somebody will sort of drop a dialect word or something like that and it'll be like what did that person just say because I have never heard that word before yeah yeah that is actually like a real thing for me I think everybody that is not maybe European uh is like they see like oh this is a British pod well it's not a podcast but like it's like the closest thing right so it's an app and like you have this like, uh, my, my husband calls it, like, my telenovela, <laughs> uh, because it's the closest thing. Uh, so, so you expect, like, this Hugh Grant kind of British English, <laughs> right? And, like, you're like, why does nobody sound like Hugh Grant on this thing? Like, I'm so disappointed about it. Uh, I love Sammy Strong, but, like, right, but, like, that is the thing, right? Like, that is one of those things that I love Sammy Strong with all my heart, but, like, where is my Hugh Grant accent? <laughs> Um, so apparently that is not well not that it's not real but I like it's not as common I don't know Uh, uh, it's common among the type of people who are kind of rich and well connected enough to go to very good acting and journalism schools oh okay and then anybody who's from say uh, the north just like the entire north where there are about 30 different accents if they do go to acting school or they sort of take a public speaking role or something like that they are encouraged very strongly to learn a Hugh Grant accent because that's what everybody expects a, right. a public speaker from England to sound like um, is that the Queen's English kind of thing? yeah uh, BBC English it's like if you're going to be a television <laughs> presenter on the BBC this is what you need to sound like <laughs> It's like NPR, like you just made me think about NPR, about how, <laughs> have you guys listened to NPR? I know of NPR, yeah. But like NPR is this um, national radio, NPR. I'm not American, so sorry American people that are like, not, like rolling their eyes because I don't know what NPR stands for. Uh, national Public Radio, yes, National Public Radio. But the point is, every single, ho- like every single people, people that speaks on NPR sounds like has this cadence mm-hmm. like they speak slowly and really like their um their uh, diction is really clear and like but like it's it's like I don't know there's like I would need to send you sound bits and you'll be like why does everybody have like the same cadence and way of speaking <laughs> and like uh it's 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 amazing so it's like the NPR type of speech mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah. I'm guessing that is what the BBC does too right yeah. Uh, so, Welcome okay, so, to the BBC. Well, Tonight on our program, we are going to be listening to such and such. And yeah, so very... and how the doctors speak? The doctors speak to Hugh Grant English. Yeah. yeah, like every doctor up till about six had like the the classically trained voice of like this is how you speak so that everybody can hear every single syllable of the Shakespeare that you're reciting, and then you hit seven. And he's a Scot. And everybody was just like, whoa! But, yeah. And then you get nine, and he's from Manchester. So, it's kind of like, when you are in Zombies Run, you've got, like, you've got Janine, who does the very deliberate, like, BBC English, because 
I think in her backstory, English is uh, either not her first language or like she learned it very young and then moved to a different country and learned a different language there. So it's like, you know, she's doing this because this is the correct way that you speak English. And I think the major as well uh, is... Um, really proper. Yeah, like she's Tracy Ann Oldman. So she does have this quite refined mode of speech because she's like this high-ranking sort of government official. And also and, the Minister of Recovery, yes, right? the Minister of Recovery, yeah, uh, also. Uh, who I also think uh, comes from Europe and so would have sort of learned how to speak very proper English. Mm-hmm. Um so then all of the other characters are basically from wherever they're from. So you've got Jodie, who I think is Liverpudlian, uh, like where the Beatles are from. And, oh, Liverpudlian. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, you've got Sam, who's basically from London. Um, like, could be North London. I'm not entirely sure precisely where in London. Uh, but Wait, London people speak differently? Yeah, there are sort of areas in the city that have different accents. I'm uh, having like this whole this whole like, linguistics lesson that we're doing in this podcast <laughs> like is blowing my mind. Uh, there is, um, oh, what's his name? Jamie. Now Jamie's accent is basically the London version of African American vernacular English. Yeah, yeah, it's my like, third lady. She, she he speaks like my third lady. Yeah, and so. Jamie. That is my uh, comparison. Like, it's. I am not a linguist, so I don't know exactly what it is or exactly how to describe it. But if you are, you know, from London or you've spent a lot of time in London and you listen to Jamie speaking, you immediately know he is black and he is a like a boy who has grown up in a black community in London. Ah. Huh. And so I don't know what it is about his accent specifically. Like, I would not be able to tell you what it is, but that is what he sounds like. Yeah, now that you mention it, you're right. Uh, I, I'm not that good with all those accents. But like you said, I always imagined him as a, a young, a, a young no, black kid from the wrong part of town kind of <laughs> feel. I- yeah, I, if you watched the first couple of seasons of the new Doctor Who, and there was the character Mickey, yes, it's that accent. Oh, this is 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 Jamie being Black Cannon though? Yeah, uh, there's a uh, there's a mission at one point where he's talking about there was a TV show that he really liked as a kid because one of the main characters was oh, black yeah, and was smart. Now. And he I was talking about, like, representation matters in media. I remember that now. Wasn't that, wasn't that when they went to the house of, like, the, the special mission to the house of this person that had the interview? Yeah, that was her. Which is after, like, he finds out that he's the next one in line. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like oh my everything makes way much <laughs> sense. Like Oh my god <laughs> Wouldn't uh, Britain people go wild about it though? <laughs> British people Probably. Probably. But you know, this is like post apocalyptic uh Britain in Zombies Run is 
deliberately extremely multicultural. Right, right. No, no. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like, in real life, there would probably be people who are, like, really angry at the fact that the monarch is now not a white person. Right, right. But, like, I'm like, like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, Naomi Alderman has no chill. This is, like, the running theme of Zombies Run. Naomi Alderman has no chill. It's so woke. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, Nadia Alhanaki. Who is Scottish? Wait, what? So she's she's really Scottish. Yeah. So her uh, no, uh, her accent the is accent, Scottish. Yes. But it's the uh, same the... voice actress as Jodie. Correct. So sometimes I so, feel like they get mixed up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like so. Some people like they hear the accents and they can't tell at all that this is the same actress. And some people don't know what the accents are, and so they hear the voice and they hear the similarities in both of the voices, and they're like, "Wait, that's the same person." So I think the more familiar you are with the accents that she's using for both roles, the less likely you are to actually notice that it's the same person. This is... Because you're just like, well, this person is Liverpudley and this person is Scottish, so why would they be the same person? Oh, I need to make now a study. My social scientist self now wants to like do a study and put people to listen to Nadia and Jody. Yeah. And ask them if they if they're the same or not, and they ask them about whether they are acquainted with like British accents and like English accents in general, like if you're a native speaker or not, like if you've been in Europe or not. Like I'm I'm making this whole randomized study trial in my head right now of how like <laughs> of how cool this whole information is. And I'm not a linguist and I don't study language stuff. And maybe I'm just like maybe mm. this is making me think really bad up like not about like it's creating a lot of misconceptions about how British people became <laughs> because basically all my cues about Britain come from like either the greatest baking show, Doctor Who or Zombies Run. So like whatever I'm pulling from this I feel like it's pretty it, solid. It's really basis. solid. Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's everything British. like in Britain, there's police boxes on every corner with people inside baking cakes while there's like Mary Berry is running from a zombie. That's exactly how it works. Danielle, you should just like we should just uh, just grab that that soundbite and just like try to sell this as a show. <laughs> I think we could get people interested. In this. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the other thing, I, maybe this is not a cultural, um, but like how I'm surprised about how everybody seems so well acquainted with computers on the show. Like everybody seems to be a hacker. Yeah. And I'm like, how does this happen? Or like, do British people like get like super uber computer classes in, in school? I don't know. <laughs> Topical. Um, so a couple of days ago, the entire NHS, which is the sort of socialized medicine uh, healthcare system of Yeah, it's the equivalent the UK, of the NIH. Uh, yeah. Uh, got hit by a hacking attack because yeah. all of their computers were running at Windows XP. <laughs> and, like, tons and tons of the news coverage was like, well, you know, if you're under 30 years old, you probably have no idea what this is about. It's like, do you know the average age of tech experts? It's like, so they're like, when computers started becoming quite a mm. big thing, like I think in the late 80s or early 90s, I could be wrong, uh, but there were these 
BBC computers that got sent out to schools so that kids could learn to code on them. So, like, maybe it's that, like, kids who were educated, you know, at that time would kind of have a better knowledge of, like, basic computing. Uh, But I don't think that's ever anything that I have specifically heard about, is, like, the British public having a higher rate of computer literacy than... I mean, as someone that studies education and has friends that their research is on computer literacy, I would say no. Mm. <laughs> I, I think this part of the the show, uh, the series, is more the. This is set a little bit in the future, so maybe by then, Naomi thinks people will be that more into computers. Oh. It could be feasible that mm. the generation that is growing up with this um, girls who code kind of thing uh, would it be like. Not so intimidated. Like, maybe they don't know how to do it, but they will figure it out. Something that people like us that were not taught that way uh, would have a lot of trouble with, right? Like, I could see that. That is actually, that, that is a great point, Tamara. Uh, the other thing is, uh, does the military aspect, like how the military seems to work, make sense for you guys? Or like, is it another thing that doesn't translate really well? I hadn't ever really thought of the UK having that big a sort of Mm -hmm. military presence. Like, in sort of comparisons between the UK and the US, it's always the US that has all of the soldiers and Mm -hmm. all of the guns and all of the helicopters and all of that stuff. And, you know, if you're looking at Britain, they're more likely to be like the James Bond, the MI6, the, like kind of slightly sneaky and the more diplomatic and that kind of thing. So the fact that there is such a kind of focus on the British military, I do sometimes have the thing of like, how many soldiers do they actually have? Like, is this a huge, like, was there like the reserves called in and like, because we do meet a lot of people a military in the game who military rank and military authorization as like is that just a sort of a side effect of us being at able which you know major DeSanta is involved in and so lots of military personnel turn up there or is this because it's the post-apocalypse and the military with the yeah, one that, is, the that guns, is actually or, a thing that i yeah. wonder a lot about um there's like according to wikipedia the british armed forces have about two hundred thousand people that is super low that cannot be true Really? Yeah. So, like, yeah, it, it seems like there's, like, compared to the number of people who would have been in Britain, it's like there are a lot of military people that we just sort of happen to be interacting with. So, so it makes sense that maybe the... the I don't know how much... I, I haven't gotten a sense of how much of this population has survived. Right, like... The zombie apocalypse happened and how much of the British population actually has not churned. Uh, but it's possible, right, that yeah. let's say it's a third that has survived, that a great proportion of that third is actually military because of the guns and the training. Uh, so, so that makes sense that maybe the people that are more likely to have survived are military. But I also think that maybe... Yeah. Because this has happened, like, a couple of months into the apocalypse, right? Uh, 
the story begins. So I'm, I'm guessing that maybe people just got trained, right? Like anybody that was like fit or semi-fit and going to be like sort of trained would arrive to like a, a, mm. a military base. And like you would be like, okay, you want to stay in here, go and do some push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, you're a private now. Uh, another thing, oh, this is another thing that I thought I just thought about. How everybody's so polite that, I, but that may be because the podcast like is not outrated. Yeah. <laughs> like if this were happening in the U.S. or in Mexico, like every five words will be like a curse. Yeah. Uh, I think you know um, what I was like. Uh, Adrian Hon uh, did specify that, like, yeah, we wanted to make this kind of PG. Because we don't know how old people are going to be when they, like, download right, right. and listen to it. Like, we don't want it to be, but, like, The Walking Dead. But I do wonder, right, like, I do wonder, like, because British people have this more reputation of being, like, stiff and, like, but polite. Mm. So, like, would it be, like, at, like maybe not as speechy, but, like, fairly so compared to The Walking Dead, for example? Rough rule of thumb. The more okay. BBC English a person's voice is the less uh-huh. likely they are to swear. But the more Jamie voice a person is, the more likely they are yeah. to swear? So Jamie would be cursing like a sailor. Um, Jody would probably be quite foul-mouthed. Uh, Scottish people have a very strong reputation <laughs> yeah. for being both foul-mouthed and drunk but and irish people too right and also irish people so sarah smith would probably swear a lot i would love um, that. nadia um if she's muslim she may not drink but her language will probably be a little bit more colorful than as is uh portrayed in the app well, no, sam like is a precious cinnamon roll so like the the level that he, the level that he kind of says crap yeah like crap i'm so sorry i said that to you five like i, yeah. I would imagine him doing that because he is a precious precious he's dog adorable he is adorable I, I... you know who would really curse a lot simon lachlan oh yes yes <laughs> he would be like every word would be five bad words yeah like, like yes well because he's like he sounds like he's from hull so, I don't know what that is. Uh, northeast of England. So Tamara and I are being educated in all yeah. these like titles, British yeah. like ways of speaking. Um, again, Doctor Who uh, connection. If you ever saw the episode Blink, yeah, he, yes, he was the guy who um, Kathy Nightingale first met when she got sent back in time by the Weeping Angels. That is Simon. Oh, okay. So, uh, like, he's I... using a fairly similar accent in that that he does in Zombies Run. So, like, he's from the northeast-ish of England. So, yes, very much swearing would be coming from Simon Lachlan's mouth. What, what did you guys think is the correlation between Zombies Run and Doctor Who fans? <laughs> uh, people who like sort of socially aware British sci-fi... Uh-huh. It's probably like a fairly big overlap. <laughs> Thank you.
thank you listeners for listening to this episode. Um, We had a lot of fun recording it and talking about all this British stuff that Tamara and I had no idea about, but Danielle was apparently, like, she has a PhD in, like, (laughs) British accents or something. I lived Uh, in the UK for two years. So she she knows a lot about this. Uh, So we hope you had had as much fun as we had, and uh, probably our next episode is going to be... Symbology episode, and we're I I I I now remember that we promised you that we were gonna do a Veronica episode, and that's still in the works. So it's not that we forgot about it, but we're still working on it, and in many surprises we want for that episode. So see you next time. Bye bye. Podcast detected is a non-profit project brought to you by way too many people in a com shack. Zombies Run belongs to Six to Start. Music is Rich Groove by Jason Kessler. Questions? Want to submit a story or need more information? You'll find us on Tumblr or Twitter at Podcast Detected or email us at way too many people in a comshack at gmail.com. No runners were harmed during the making of this episode.